Welcome to the first video on living from heaven. So as we begin, I just want you to know that I have an intention uh, to get through a certain amount of information uh, over the next uh, 10 weeks. However, uh, this isn't just me uh, trying to give you information. Remember, the point isn't about information. Uh, if you're here, you're watching this, you're participating, you have a lot, a lot of information. You're actually wanting experience. And so uh, a couple opening comments before we get going. First is, that is the point, is experience. Um, you do need your mind to understand some things, to deconstruct, to add some pieces to it, but really, the point is for you to be able to listen to the meditations to open up the spirit realm for yourself. And so uh, starting with this session, there's going to be uh, one, two, three meditations included. And first, before you listen to those, I'm going to have a little audio on an introduction to the meditations just to answer a few questions. I don't want to do that in the video at this point. So as I begin, in fact, tonight, um, I was in yoga and at the end, uh, during our quiet time, whatever you want to call it, um, I was actually talking with David, uh, like in the Bible, David, so I might as well freak you out right at the start. And um, here's what, what he said to me uh, to share, and that is, it depends on how you define yourself. And what I saw was that he didn't define himself. I saw him in a certain situation, but it wasn't based on where he was at, but where he was going to be. And therefore, it attracted who he needed. So what that means is this. You have some roadblocks. You want to experience more. Well, you've actually said some things and spoken them out loud, uh, like, I don't, I can't. I something like that. Well, at this point, you need to stop that stuff. And here's why. If I continue to view myself as strictly a human being, then I'm going to speak from here up. And I'm using up as a, just a relative term. Notice that um, realms are all around us, so I'm just using it not up as better or anything like that, just common language. And so if I continue to speak as if I'm only a human being and say negative things, what, there's one thing to just um, think something, but when I actually speak it out, uh, we might get into this, but your mouth is actually not really for breathing, but it's for creating. And so you're creating something, you're creating a frequency in the atmosphere, and then you're also resonating back into your own ears. So even if you think those thoughts, or I should say, those thoughts come into your mind, because they might not all be you, um, begin to tell yourself to, it's, to stop. Um, you know, Scripture says, uh, what is it, uh, take every thought captive. So that type of an idea. And what got me thinking about this, too, was uh, I've been reading this book uh, called It Takes What It Takes, uh, kind of apropos. Um, but the author uh, coaches top athletes, and he started working with this college team. And he said, uh, my goal, my aim, my dream was this. What if we could get people to just stop saying stupid shit out loud? I'm like, that's a great thing. And so in that vein, to begin to say, hey, I'm not just a human being, because you're actually a spirit being too uh, in conjunction. And we're, 
that's not the point of this first one, but you can speak from different realms. So it's beginning to stop saying things out of this realm and experience those things and begin to speak from that realm on that. Um, and what we're really doing by that is stopping some old patterns and creating some new patterns on that. All right. All right. So here's how this works. Um, you have signed up for this. You have intention. You have a belief like you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't believe that it was possible. And what you're doing is creating a pathway that uh, it's like being out in the woods and there's no path there. Well, at first it's going to be pretty tough, but after a while it's going to be easy. You don't even need to think about it. It also I think the word kind of popular right now is grit, meaning uh, you need to show the atmosphere that you're intentional about it, that you're not going to give up, that you want something, and it will begin to respond. It doesn't respond right away, uh, but all the creation and beings and all that kind of stuff will respond. So I gave a guarantee. I said, hey, if you do this, like this is going to happen. And I'm not saying it based on just what Kim is saying, <laughs> basing on like what I've been told and how I understand what's really happening. In fact, these words that I'm speaking aren't even as important as the intent that I'm speaking and you're resonating with those. So you may watch this once visually, but then you might just turn it on quietly as you're sleeping or something like that. And it's not to say, it, it's not about me, it's about a frequency that's coming through me to you to create those. You're also training your brain, your mind, to come underneath your spirit. And we're going to talk about what I call the funnel um, in a later teaching. But uh, we have really developed our body a little bit and our brain's huge and our little itty bitty spirit. And uh, just a little note I, for you guys um, that don't know me. I mean, I grew up as a fundamentalist uh, Baptist who was against everything. And... Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, speaking in tongues was of the devil. And, and now I'm realizing, like, oh my gosh, what a goofball I was. And um, so, meaning, uh, in Jude, I think it is, it talks about you, one of the ways that you can train your brain. I'm sorry. One of the ways that you can enlarge and grow your spirit is to actually speak in tongues um, on that. And I think number one is that you are creating stillness in yourself. So think of it this way. There's an ocean and it's turbulent. And let's say a little pebble falls. Are you even going to notice the pebble? No. Well, let's say a boulder falls. Yeah, maybe. But what if you can still that place in yourself? and a feather falls and it just touches. Well, what happens? A feather doesn't sink, does it? It sits on top of it. But you have stilled your soul in alignment with your spirit that it's so still you could actually feel a feather drop on it. Because it's actually, the stuff is already being communicated. It's us just understanding how our soul aligns under our spirit on that. Okay. All right. Um, how God speaks. Real quickly, I use the word, and a lot of people say, well, I saw or I heard. 
But really, um, to go back to more of a Hebraic understanding, there are a lot more open terms. And there's a bunch of, excuse me, Bible verses that you can actually go, oh, I heard and then I saw, and they're actually talking about the same thing. So you can feel all the ways of our gateway. I can smell, I can do all these things to receive stuff from the Lord. I sense. And the longer I've been in this, the more I've trained my brain to come under those things and be able to hear and sense. So when I say hear, um, honestly, I don't hear, very rarely do I hear these words. Like I just told you what I think David said to me, and it was very specific. These are the words he said. But that's pretty rare, honestly. I just get a sense and then I try to articulate it out of my soul into an English language, which is my primary one on that. You're retuning. It's like all the, the waves that are actually in the air, the AM, the FM, the Wi-Fi, and cellular and all that kind of stuff. They're already there. It's just tuning into the frequency that's already you. It's just we have made our bandwidth about that big on it. Um, another one that's a huge way, and these are just little introductory comments, is what I call the manna. So I have an intention, so when I go to sleep, I'm, and I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but most of the time, I'm looking at a verse, I'm reading a spiritual book, I'm doing something or a spiritual question in my mind when I go to sleep. And my understanding is that at night, it's just like manna, it rained down, but you have to get up in the morning and collect it where it disappears. And so I'm not saying you got to do what I do. I'm just saying, here's how it works. And you can actually see in the Psalms that it talks about that morning by morning, he awakens me um, or he speaks to me, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. Well, I go to sleep with the intent, manna comes in the night. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is tune myself to what that manna is. And we'll get into that a little bit more uh, later. We can talk about it uh, when we Zoom call on it. But that's actually how it works. And it's not always these woo amazing things. He gives me uh, unique things for my work day or, oh, this person, send this to this person, those type of things. It's very practical and simple, but that's my intent. And that's my practice that I get up every morning and I hear from the Lord. It just is the way it is. So, again, when I began and framed stuff up, we're going to talk about the quartz. And it just seems like that's a lot of energy on that one right now. So that was planned for like number three, I think. But we're moving it to right now. We're also, remember, we're going to have a PDF with this. It has some references and some links and those things. Again, this is about introducing something and a frequency, not about a full-blown teaching on one little area. I'm hitting lots of different areas over the next 10 videos on that. So, to the courts. <clears throat> How to begin using the courts assigned to you. There's different courts, but the one um, that is the main one you start with is I, and when I say it's called, we're just trying to use words and languages for something in a spirit realm. So there's 
there's other people teaching on the courts now, but um, we'll just call it, and I heard this from Ian Clayton, um, he calls it the mobile court. And I was like, why did you call it the mobile court? And it was a little while later, I, I think it was, I was at one of his conferences and he was like, because um, it goes with us, it's mobile. I'm like, oh, well that's simple, that makes sense, so we'll just call it the mobile court. Um, I just call it the courts because at this point for me in my journey, um, yes, I've been to other courts, but it's only when um, I am taken there. Um, I don't intentionally go there. But my court, um, I have the right to go there when I want to. So here's some keys to it. First off, you just need to know you're guilty. <laughs> you're guilty. The courts are nothing like the courts here. It's about judgment and justice, but again, they're not like they are in this realm. And it's not about just something you did. Uh, it actually has to do with your DNA also. And there's three reasons really to go to court. One is there's something in my life that's just like a cog is missing. There's something wrong. I've prayed about it. I've tried. I've tried. And it's like, ugh, it just keeps coming and coming and it doesn't go away. That's one. Two is I have done something to someone else. I have sinned against them. I've done something um, that wasn't right. And the third one is someone has done something against me. So those are the three reasons that I go to court over. And there's times, just so you know, when I first started, I went to court a lot. And then there's seasons where I might not go for a few weeks. And then there's seasons where a lot gets revealed in me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dragging my, court, my butt to court again uh, on that. Because once you really understand, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so freaking amazing. So the courts are actually all over in the Bible. And, and the Lord's opened up a lot of those places to me. But uh, one you know and sing the songs is, I enter your gates with thanksgiving, um, which we're going to talk about gates, and your courts with praise. And so David actually went to the courts. He wasn't just singing a good song that we can replicate later on that. And so one of the verses is uh, Matthew 5.23. So I'm just going to read it to you. So if you're presenting, presenting your offering at the altar, and while you are there, remember that your brother has something against you, such as a grievance or re legitimate complaint, leave your offering and go to the altar. First make peace with your brother, and then come and present your offering. Come to terms quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way, so that your opponent does not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you are thrown into prison. So, from that, and again, that's an English translation. Uh, I'm not too wild about it, but the point is this. When I go to court, it's never about taking someone else to court. It's about myself. And when I first began doing this, I thought I was a nut job. And then the Lord just kept showing me how true it was, showing me how true it was. And then what I really got upset was, I was having to, like things, he was showing me things were coming against me that I had no action. And, and according to the word sin in this realm is I didn't do anything. It just happened. And then the later, the Lord showed me that, Kim, it's in your DNA. 
So they do have legal right to you. And we're going to get into that in just a bit. Well, frankly, that really pissed me off because I'm like, hey, I didn't do anything. Why am I getting this backlash against me? And then I realized, well, the same as Jesus. I, in my line, no one stood up and paid the price for that DNA. And so it, it now it's my opportunity to take care of it because it's actually in my DNA. All right, another verse. And I hope you're gathering more questions on that. Psalm 51, and this is one that the Lord actually showed me in the last year. And I was like, oh, I see the court in there. So I'm just going to read you a few of the verses. One, uh, have mercy on me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness, according to your great mist and your compassion. Blot out my transgressions. We're going to get to the court stuff about this. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness and guilt and cleanse me from my sin. Now I'm going to stop right there. Sin in a Hebrew context is not from a third world, um, our generation. We view sin a lot of times just as what we've done. Actually, from a more Hebraic understanding and from what I see here, it's anything that is not in its original intent. Let me say it again. Anything that's not in its original intent. So what that means is, if I have DNA that's not functioning correctly in me, then it's sin, meaning it's not its original intent. For I am conscious of my transgressions and I acknowledge them. And you're going to see all this as we actually go through a court process. Against you, and this is where it really hit me, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Now this is David, he really puckered it up with some other people, but he's in the heavenly courts and he's saying against you and you only have I sinned. Um, so that you are justified when you, you speak and faultless in your judgment. So we're going to get to judgment in just, in just a second. I was brought forth in a state of wickedness. In sin my mother conceived me. In other words, she wasn't like, I was having bad sex. She's saying it wasn't the original intent and the DNA that I received. Different. Purify me with hyssop. Number nine. Your, hide your face from my sin. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. My only sacrifice to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. And then the end of it are actually the results of the court. So, one of the things I mentioned in there is judgment and justice. Judgment is actually not a, I really want to stick it to them. It's a decision needs to be made. And justice is something needs to be done about it. It's not a negative, actually. And as we walk through the process, you're going to start to see how these things combine. So from heaven's perspective, it's making a decision. And justice really is reconciliation. So if I'm bringing someone to court, I've done something against them, they've done something against me, it's actually I want them reconciled to Jesus, Father, Spirit, and secondarily to me. So when I want justice, it's not, I want them to pay for what they did. It's, 
No, I'm releasing them to their own reconciliation. And maybe it will come back to me on that. At the end, and again, I'm just mentioning this stuff. It's going to be, because I want to get to actually the core process, um, is actually atonement. And um, Kirby DeLanerol actually really helped me with this one. Um, I'd been doing it at the end uh, of the court session, which we'll get into. But atonement really has to do back with the, remember the lamb and the goat? And then the goat... Uh, I don't even know if they called the goat Azazel, but it went out into the wilderness of Azazel. And the idea is, um, I'm becoming one with the lamb and the goat, and the goat takes the sin and goes out to the wilderness, so it leaves what's there. The lamb is sacrificed, and then I eat, I become one with the sacrifice on that. And so this whole idea of the goat being sent out, like my sins, you know, originally it was, um, you know, Jesus had to die because of, you know, to pay Satan off. And then later, um, I think it's Augustine, and I, I don't have the details, but um, you know, penal substitution. Ugh, oh my gosh, it's horrible. Like the father needed to take out his vengeance on Jesus. And that that's just even, like, the sick. When actually... What it really means, and it has to do with coals on the head, but the idea is Christ paid for both sets of the debt. So if I've done something against someone that I can't repay, I ask the Lord, and this is what the court process, especially at the end, which we're going to get to, is I want them paid back for the debt I owe them, and I want to be paid back the, the debt I gave. And then it switches around. If they've done something to me, I can release them and say, Lord, repay them in goodness. And I want to be relieved of my debt that I wish that they could have taken. And so Jesus actually is paying the debt for both sides of the equation, which is freaking amazing. So I've actually gone back to some of my court cases and just said, Lord, I, I didn't want to just leave them to be reconciled. I want them blessed. I want their debt totally paid. I want my debt totally paid. And you're going to see that again as we kind of walk through that on the process of that. So for those of you who are detailed persons, <laughs> you're like, oh, you said a bunch of things and it didn't connect the dots. Oh my gosh, freaking out. Again, relax. It's not about having all the details. You can read the PDF. We can talk about some of those things. We do need to retrain the mind in some ways. And I'm not going to be answering all your questions in this. What I want to get to is the experience of those things. So I'm going to do an audio. Um, I'd actually done one months ago, but again, I didn't even know I'd be doing this and realized that I was using Cruddy Audio, and so um, I'm going to have to redo those. I get to redo those. And um, so I'm going to actually take you in the spirit, and we're going to walk through a court case. But right now, I just want to walk through it with you to just give you some visuals on that. All right, so here we go. Let's say, let's take the one... Um, I've done something against um, a coworker. Okay. Um, I gossiped about him to somebody else. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've done that before, so um, so that's going to be our, our foundation on that. 
so I realize obviously at some points I might need to go to the person. I mean, there's stuff I need to do in this room. This isn't like, oh, I got to go to court, so na 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 I'm free. It's like, no, I still need to deal with these things. But probably I'm going to go to court first. Um, and, and again, ask Jesus. This is about process and relationship. Like, Lord, what should I do? Should I go to court first? Should I apologize? What do you want me to do? And your spirit will actually teach you. So, um, in depending on what it is, I might go to the person, I might not. But if I did say something to somebody that wasn't right, uh, then 99% of the time I probably need to go to them and say, hey, you know, I said this and it, it, my intent was not right and I just want to apologize and ask for your forgiveness. And it, it's important, and I didn't realize, like, I thought that was normal. A lot of people just say, hey, I'm sorry. No. You need to say, this is what I did wrong. I am sorry because these are the results and will you forgive me because I'm placing it in them I'm humbling myself so that's in the human realm all right so so I go to heaven so first off I just I need to have and you'll understand it a little bit later there's times later as you mature they're like you show up in court you're like ooh I'm not supposed to be here but don't worry about that. We all got diapers on right now, okay? So just just go for it. <laughs> You're not going to make a mistake. There's a great cleanup crew. A little bit later, you know, you mature. Um, he expect a little more maturity as a king. All right. So I go in and I just say, first off, I just say, oh, thank you. I love the courts. I love being here. This is so freaking amazing that I get to step in the heavenly realms through the torn veil into you, Jesus. So I wrap myself in you. On John 17, I'm in you. You're in me. I'm safe. Then I ask the, uh, I need counselors, just like a courtroom. So I ask the seven spirits usually. Um, spirit of Lord, uh, Spirit of Wisdom, Spirit of Understanding, Spirit of Counsel, Spirit of Might, uh, Spirit of Knowledge, and Spirit of the Fear of the Lord. Seven spirits of God. Um, one, three, seven. You guys get that. 12, da 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 Okay, so I use them as my counselors. Uh, and so I ask them, say, hey, here's the stuff. Now, if it's a small thing like this, I'll just go to court. Now, if it's bigger, I might spend some time and write something out. So I step into court. And most of you have all been into some type of court. And here's the way I view it. Uh, there's a judge up front. Uh, I've actually never seen the judge. <laughs> kind of weird, but... There you go. Um, and over on the right um, is when I bring people. Over on the left are the um, um, fallen ones, let's say. And we'll get to that uh, at different places. But in the middle, I usually have a table there. And so I say, let's say it's John. So I say, um, Here's my paperwork, and I just visualize. I just use my imagination. And you might just start by saying, Lord, use my imagination. That's the gateway, a gateway, uh, into doing these things. So um, I just say, here's what I have done. And not only that, I've probably gossiped about some other people that I don't even know about. And so 
Lord, I ask that John's spirit would show up here uh, as part of this court process. Now, in that way, you have a right, a legal right to do that, and their spirit will show up. And I just visualize them up over here. So John's up over here. So I present that and say, you know, I was wrong about these things. I'm guilty on this. And <clears throat> so at that point, I, this is about relationship. Now, court processes, sometimes they'll take me five minutes. Other times, they'll take me three weeks because I'll pause and like, hmm. So at the table, what I do is I just wait and I just say, would you show me um, what an image of what this looks like? So I just wait patiently and it can be weird. It like, could be a wagon wheel, it could be a, a stove top, it could be a car, it could be a, a hammer. And so I just look at it and say, and, it, and again, it's, it's an image that represents something. So then I'm like, okay, um, well, what does that mean? And then I wait, because I've got counselors. And I wait. And I just get an idea. It's like, oh, well, you know, back in the day, you used to use a hammer to do this. Oh, yeah. And then it, somehow it relates to something, and I go, okay, yeah. So then I say, Lord, is there anything else? So there might be one thing. There might be five different things. And here's what's cool about it. I just wait. And so let's say I have uh, a hammer and a trumpet showed up, all right? So they're sitting on the table. Then I say, and I feel done at that point. And again, you're letting your spirit lead. This is learning. Don't, again, you're wearing diapers, so don't worry about, did I get it right or wrong? It's like, yes, good job. You freaking showed up. So then I wait, and then I say, all right, I, I'm ready for this. And then I just say, because these are visuals of what I've done wrong, and I say to all the court, and again, you're outside of time, so actually everything can hear this, um, you know, I am guilty of this and what these represent. And so I am admitting my guilt at that point. So then I say, may the fire of the Lord come onto these things to purify them. And fire doesn't uh, take away, it actually changes the molecular structure of something. And so I watch and wait. And then I see what it turns into. Now sometimes, like the hammer for me will just like turn into a gold hammer. And then other times it could turn into like, that hammer could turn into a baby basket that's gold or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, or it turns into a bucket of coins or something. And so at that point, I'm like, whoa, those are cool. And so they take those and in the spirit, I put them into my belly uh, because those actually go into what's my temple which we're going to talk about in another one uh, on that to save um, for later. Um, yeah, what do you do with that stuff? Well, we'll get to that. And then the second thing is, remember, I've got the paperwork sitting out there. So the paperwork, I say, uh, will the blood of the Lord uh, come onto that paper? And so I see there's paper, there's writing on it. The blood comes down and washes it. And it's actually a, a Roman thing that, that took place that when there was a debt and it was done, they would have actually it was like washable ink and it would be white as snow. 
And so um, the writers actually took Roman things um, to show what those is. So then my scroll is now clean. We're going to get to why that's clean. I take my scroll, and like Isaiah, I might stick it in my belly. I might eat it or something like that. Or I might stick it in my pocket because I want it back um, for a reason on that. So at that point, that's transformed. Um, I've received back. Now back to the atonement. Those things that were in negative were now turned. The debt is paid and adjudicated. It is multiplied back to me on that. So we haven't dealt with anybody on the left or right yet. So at that point, I just see the judge and I don't see them. I just see the anvil. I go, not guilty. And that resonates through all of creation and all of time. That is amazing. I have taken what the Lord has done for me, what he paid for, and brought it into, from my spirit down into my soul and my body. And that DNA is completely cleansed from this point forward. Amazing. So then, I, uh, and it doesn't really matter where you go left or right. So let's go to John over here. Now here's back to the atonement. I want John paid back the debt that I have done. So I want him multiplied in goodness for the negative that I've done. And so I just say this. May the judgment and justice that's come upon me come upon all those who are gathered over here. And what that does is it's a decision and a releasing into reconciliation and blessing. Now, we're not going to get into, you know, it's going to go according to their conscience and some stuff like that, but I am separating myself from that. So I may have like an intimate relationship with this person, um, and I'm actually breaking, you know, you break in the ties, the bind, and some bad stuff, and the, all these little pieces we've kind of like got over the years, different healing modalities. But it actually, like I'm, I'm now in a healthy way related to him. I don't have a negative attachment in the spirit to that person or persons on that. So then they're released and I, their spirit leaves. So I am now free and it's beautiful because God is going to, to work with them now because I have released them from something that was holding them to me that's now able to move them in with the Lord. All right? Okay, so now <clears throat> the deal is because it was in my DNA and because I acted on it, the demonic had a right into my life. And they were waiting for the time. In other words, they're always legal. So just so you know, like, I never do spiritual warfare, like, uh, cast out. I mean, why would I lower myself? I'm like, you go to the court, boom, done. If you really look in Scripture and understand, like, it's a legal thing. So they had a legal right. They had paperwork. Well, now it's clean and washed, and I have it. So just pause here. And I keep it because they might come a knocking again, and I just go, hey, you don't have any legal right. And that's how simple it is. Like, yeah, you're right. Because they want to trick you to think that they do have legal right in that area. So what I want from them 
is maybe they've stolen stuff from me. And I asked. Sometimes I let my spirit lead. Sometimes I just release them uh, to let the Lord deal with them as appropriate. Um, I used to do some stuff that I don't do now. I've kind of grown up a little bit, so I'm not going to mention those. But uh, um, yeah. But sometimes, like they've stolen stuff, I want them to barf it back up on that. Um, you really just got to let your spirit lead you in that one. And we can talk about that when we're in the Zoom if, if that's a big deal. But um, it's really going to be according to where you're at and your maturity and the severity of the court case. And I've done some big ones where, I mean, I had some big dragons. And, man, I slit those suckers open and, like, <laughs> treasures fell out. And other times, you know, there might be 20 of them. And I just, like... No, I'm not, not supposed to do anything. You're just supposed to leave and be gone. Well, now they don't have an attachment in me. And do you remember when it says about um, the demons kicked out and they returned sevenfold because it was empty or something like that? Well, I've actually taken things and put them back into me. So they don't have a right to come back and harass my DNA in any of my my mountain or anything like that. So, there we go. That's one scenario how it works. And then at that point, I just honor the courts and just say thank you. Thank you to the Lord for what He did. Thank you that I'm wrapped in Him and this is all mine to do and it's my right to be clean and then I also thank the seven spirits for their counsel and I don't turn around I back out of the court and back into this realm and there's the court case again sometimes in court if it's a big one um, you know I again I might take two weeks I might get to a point and say wow I don't know what to do pause I'm just taking a pause and I'll come back the next day or two days later and say, all right, let's sit down. Okay, here we are again. I can enter in that place. Oh, now or it's going to come to you like, oh, what did that hammer mean? You know, if nothing comes, I'll just wait. And again, when I started, I said, there are some things that you're building this place instead of your waters like this. It's building a peace and rest so that you can feel the little things that are landing on the water of your spirit that are going to trickle through to your soul on that. So that kind of wraps up. Uh, hopefully you have way more questions uh, on that. But more importantly, you got to just go and give it a shot. And so in our Zoom meetings, it, it don't ask me a question. Don't bring it up. Unless you've gone to court a few times, you got to have some experience, okay? All right. It's awesome. Appreciate you guys.